Welcome to Defiant Health Radio, a place where you can count on hearing about the truth in health, uncolored by interests of big pharma, the generally misplaced motivations of healthcare and doctors, just ideas and strategies that work safely, effectively, and inexpensively. I'm your host, Dr. William Davis, cardiologist and author of the Wheat Belly and Undoctored books, and now my newest book, Super Gut, a book that gives you a blueprint on rebuilding a healthy microbiome to take back control over weight, health, and aging. In this episode of Defiant Health, let's discuss how the U.S. dietary guidelines for Americans got a lot of things wrong. Of course, I have previously discussed on many occasions the hazards of a diet reduced in fat and saturated fat and rich in healthy whole grains, a style of eating that increases the likelihood of weight gain, fatty liver, type 2 diabetes, even increases cardiovascular risk, largely due to the amylopectin A carbohydrate of wheat and grains, as well as gliadin protein-derived opioid peptides that serve as appetite stimulants. This was the focus of my Wheat Belly series of books. But the dietary guidelines that encouraged Americans to reduce fat intake also led to some inadvertent blunders that pose real health consequences. Perhaps we would never have learned about these issues if we had not made the national mistake of reducing fat. So let's talk about these inadvertent blunders and what you can do to compensate for them. Later in the podcast, let's talk about Defiant Health's sponsor, Paleo Valley, their fermented grass-fed beef sticks, bone broth protein, rich in collagen, organic super greens, and low-carb superfood bars have among the cleanest ingredient lists in the industry. They are also expanding their wild pastures service that delivers 100% grass-fed and finished pastured meats from a regenerative family farm right to your door. Those of you following my message over the years know that I've been a very harsh and vocal critic of the U.S. Dietary Guidelines for Americans that advocate cutting total fat, cutting saturated fat, and loading up the diet with what they label healthy whole grains, a mixture of both whole grains and white flour products. Well, I think that's flat wrong. I believe it's based on a misinterpretation of the very bad studies that were performed in the 1950s and 1960s that purported that were purported to show that cutting fat was beneficial. But the quality and the design of those studies going back over 50 years was so flawed, so poor, that it amounts really no evidence at all. So the guidelines were based on very flawed evidence. Now they went farther and embraced some of the what's called observational evidence. These are studies like this. I ask you, what did you eat for breakfast on Monday? And you say, well, I think I had three eggs and maybe I had a piece of toast and or I had oatmeal. What did you have for lunch on Monday? And you try to recall that. And you do this for over several days. And then we recontact you in three years, five years, 10 years to see what happened to you. And you try to correlate what you ate with what became of you in the way of such things as colon cancer or heart disease or other measures. Well, that is deeply flawed evidence also. It's almost always not true. It leads to false conclusions. And we know this with good science. But nonetheless, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, USDA, even American Heart Association, still holds up that very flawed data that is the old studies that were deeply flawed as well as the also flawed uh, observational evidence that so this this body of evidence really proves nothing it certainly does not hold up 
The idea that we should cut total fat, saturated fat, and eat more healthy whole grains does not show that. Nonetheless, this idea, these ideas took root in American consciousness and diet. It's advocated freely. Even food companies get into the act and tell you you should cut your fat, eat more healthy whole grains, etc. Well, one of the unintended consequences of this when in cutting fat is that people gave up the consumption of organ meats. So if this was your great-grandmother, she would have been consuming, as part of her lifestyle, the brain, tongue, heart, kidneys, pancreas, thymus, thyroid, as well as the bone marrow, as well as the meat. Now, not consuming organ meats means you're lacking a number of very important nutrients that I would argue lead to deficiency states and accelerated aging and the phenomenon of aging. So when you fail to consume organ meats, there are a number of deficiency states that can develop. But specifically, we get very little collagen, we get very little hyaluronic acid, almost no phosphatidylserine, and very little omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA. Now, none of these, except for the omega-3 fatty acids, are recognized by the dietary guidelines or the USDA as being necessary for human health. Likewise, FDA does not recognize these nutrients as being important to your health. Yet I think they are major players in your health, and you're probably not getting much of them. Maybe you're getting some of the omega-3s as EPA and DHA. But these other nutrients most people are not getting because of our failure to incorporate organ meats, especially brain matter, in the human diet. So let's consider each of these nutrients one by one. Let's begin with collagen. We now know with confidence that when modern people supplement collagen, collagen hydrolysates, that beneficial things happen. There's a thickening of the dermis of the skin. There's a reduction in skin wrinkles. There's an increase in joint cartilage and a reduction in, in arthritis pain, especially of the knee and hip. And emerging evidence suggests that collagen supplementation reduces blood pressure and may even play a role in preserving cognitive health, that is prevention of dementia. So we're not getting collagen, right? If we're not eating organs like tongue or heart, and we're also throwing away the skin on many pieces of meat, such as poultry and fish, and that skin is rich in collagen, but people throw it away because they're fearful of the fat and calories. Most people avoid tough cuts of meat that has marbling in it that is rich in collagen, and most of us fail to boil the carcass that remains after consuming an animal to mobilize the collagen in the ligaments and tendons and some of the meat. So we're not getting collagen in our diet because of our aversion to organ meats. We can get it from supplementation, and that's where a lot of the benefits emerge because we need collagen. Without it, you can have accelerated joint breakdown, that is cartilage erodes, becomes brittle, and breaks down and leads to bone-on-bone osteoarthritis. It leads to thinner skin and accelerated skin aging. It may lead to higher blood pressure, of course, and also perhaps acceleration of cognitive impairment. The solution, of course, is to eat organs. But many modern people simply cannot stomach that idea. And so the, the workaround is to take a collagen supplement. The ideal intake, it appears to be 
if source from bovine or porcine source or chicken sources, the ideal intake is between 10 and 20 grams per day. If you're getting a marine source, you can get by with lesser doses on the order of about 2.5 grams. And that's because marine source collagen is enriched in certain peptides that survive digestion and get to the skin and joints and other organs intact as a di or tripeptide, that is, as a two or three amino acid long peptide that appears to be responsible for a lot of the effects. So marine source collagen can be taken at a lower dose. Hyaluronic acid is the next nutrient lacking in the modern diet. The source of hyaluronic acid that is the most abundant in this compound Brain. Once again, by not eating brain and to some degree other tissues, we're not getting a large intake of hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is the main hydrating compound in the body. It's in the eyes. It's the main water-retaining molecule in skin, also in joints, in the uterus and cervix and vagina. In other words, it is the thing that holds water and maintains moisture in the body, and we're not getting it. So if you remain averse to the idea of adding back organ meats, you can get a workaround in the form of hyaluronic acid supplements. The dosing is not well sorted out, but if we draw from the skin evidence, the effective dose is around 120 milligrams per day, uh, based on the idea that 120 milligrams per day increases skin moisture and improves the appearance of skin, but 240 milligrams does nothing further. But we don't know if that's true in joints, eyes, and other organs, or vagina and cervix also, that is for moisture. And so it's such a benign agent. You can play around with the dose. I've taken a lot more than that. I think it may work at higher doses, but that is not yet well explored. But the fact remains, hyaluronic acid is an important nutrient, and by not consuming organ meats, we don't get any hyaluronic acid. The Defiant Health Podcast is sponsored by Paleo Valley, makers of delicious grass-fed beef sticks, healthy snack bars, and other products. We are very picky around here and insist that any product we consider has no junk ingredients like maltodextrin, carrageenan, carboxymethylcellulose, sucralose, and of course, no added sugars. And all Paleo Valley products contain no gluten nor grains. In fact, I find Paleo Valley products among the cleanest of any in their category and they're truly delicious. One of the habits I urge everyone to get into is to include a fermented food product at least once, if not several times per day in their lifestyles. Unlike nearly all other beef sticks available, the Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks are all naturally fermented, meaning they contain probiotic bacterial species. And now, Paleo Valley is expanding their Wild Pastures program that provides 100% grass-fed, grass-finished pastured beef and pastured chicken and pork, raised without herbicides or pesticides and raised in the USA. And they've just added wild-caught seafood caught from the waters of Bristol Bay, Alaska. They're now offering a 20% lifetime discount on every order for a limited time. I'll post the web address in the Defiant Health show notes. Shipping for Paleo Valley products is free for orders of $75 or more. For more information or to order, go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. Enter the coupon code DEFIANT, not case sensitive, for a 15% discount to Defiant Health listeners. The web address is also listed in the Defiant Health show notes that accompany this podcast. And be sure to take a look at their other products, such as their organic super greens, rich with phytonutrients, and their super food bars that come in dark chocolate chip, apple cinnamon, and lemon meringue. They're low carb, of course, with 8 grams net carbs per bar. 
Another nutrient lacking in a low-fat lifestyle is the phospholipid phosphatidylserine. Phosphatidylserine is richest, once again, in brain tissue. So when humans ate brains, we got a load of phosphatidylserine. Phosphatidylserine is required for brain function, for brain cell function. Increased levels of phosphatidylserine have been shown to improve memory, improve creativity, and phosphatidylserine supplementation has been shown to improve memory even in people with cognitive impairment. I'm always surprised that some of these programs for preservation or reversal of cognitive impairment don't make any mention of phosphatidylserine, even though the science is quite good. But the history of phosphatidylserine has some issues. So in the 1990s, phosphatidylserine was obtained from cow brains, and it worked. 100 to 300 milligrams per day, preserved memory, and reversed cognitive impairment. Unfortunately, obtaining it from cow's brains led to some exposure to mad cow disease, a prion disease, and that came about because farmers were feeding brains of animals to their animals, and it led to these unexpected diseases, and so it's no longer safe to consume cow brains, nor to take the phosphatidylserine. So essentially, phosphatidylserine was forgotten. It was then resurrected from soy and krill sources, and you can now buy phosphatidylserine from those sources. Now, the evidence supporting those kinds of phosphatidylserine show it's not quite as effective. So the newest thinking is that you take your phosphatidylserine with fish oil, with the EPA and DHA fish oil, and it may improve absorbability. The evidence is suggesting that this new uh, soy or krill source phosphatidylserine does indeed preserve memory and uh, other aspects of brain function. The dose is anywhere from 100 to 300 milligrams per day or more if you like. It's kind of expensive though. And so if you want to minimize your costs, it looks as if 100 milligrams does the job. That's 100 milligrams per day. Now, in the case of omega-3 fatty acids, the dietary guidelines do recognize that there is a need for these, for omega-3 fatty acids, for overall health, for cardiovascular health, for brain health. And that, by the way, is one of the most important benefits of omega-3 fatty acid supplementation, the preservation of cognitive uh, capability and prevention of dementia. And likewise, like phosphatidylserine, EPA and DHA are among the best studied, especially the DHA, because the human brain is largely made of DHA. Now, the dietary guidelines advocate something like 500 milligrams of EPA and DHA per day. Anyone who's been following my program know that we aim for 3,000 to 3,600 milligrams of EPA and DHA per day based on some evidence to show that the real powerful effects of omega-3s develop at higher intakes, just as you would obtain if you ate brain once again, and supplement that intake with consumption of fish and shellfish, which we really can't do ad lib in the modern world, right? Because fish now is contaminated by mercury, and mercury toxicity is a real thing, and shellfish is contaminated by cadmium, and that is also a real thing. The bad thing about those two heavy metals is that they accumulate because you do not clear them from the body very effectively, especially cadmium. Cadmium, once you're exposed to cadmium, say it's from a serving of mussels, you're going to have cadmium, that cadmium in your body for the next 30 years. So you do want to be mindful of those things. So not getting brain, not being able to use much fish and shellfish as possible keeps us getting a low intake of EPA and DHA. So we have to supplement the dose we use, of course, 3,000, 3,600 milligrams per day. If you are concerned about cognitive preservation, you can weigh that more heavily in DHA. Now, another 
big area that's neglected in dietary guidelines, and not because of the low-fat bias, because it's just not on their radar, is the inclusion of fermented foods, that is, lacto-fermented foods. These are foods like kimchi, kombucha, kefirs, yogurts, fermented meats, fermented vegetables. These are rich sources in healthy microbes. Species such as Pediococcus pentasaceus or Leuconostoc mesenteroides and Lactobacillus plantarum. These are very beneficial organisms that also reduce insulin resistance and reduce blood sugar and have many other benefits, including the, it encourages cultivation of other beneficial species. In fact, I would argue that including several servings per day of fermented foods based on the best evidence is one of the most important things you can do for your overall health, including your gastrointestinal health, and to push back such things as small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, colonic dysbiosis, and all the adverse effects that that can lead to. So if you haven't been following my conversation, you need to know that a disrupted gastrointestinal microbiome can be responsible for an astounding amount of human health conditions from obesity to type 2 diabetes to autoimmune conditions to neurodegenerative disorders like Parkinson's disease, Lou Gehrig's disease, and dementia, Alzheimer's dementia, as well as metabolic disorders. And obtaining several servings per day of fermented foods in your diet is a very powerful way to reduce the potential for those conditions. It's easy. It's inexpensive. You can ferment uh, foods on your own kitchen counter with very little effort and almost no cost except for the food you bought to ferment. Now, how to do that, you'll find uh, the basic instructions in my Super Gut book, actually in my other books as well. You can find other resources online on how to ferment vegetables, for instance. It's delicious. It mobilizes nutrients and is better for you than non-fermented vegetables. And you get all these microbial benefits. Okay, to summarize... So this idea that we should cut our fat taught us lessons. That blunder taught us lessons in that it showed us that the neglect of consuming organ meats because of the high fat content of organs led to deficiencies of collagen, hyaluronic acid, phosphatidylserine, and omega-3 fatty acids. Now we can compensate for that by getting collagen and you choose your source, bovine, porcine, chicken, or marine with bovine and other sources requiring 10 to 20 grams, but marine source requiring a lesser dose. You can take more if you want. Collagen is extremely benign. There's no harm in getting more. In other words, let's say you have bovine collagen. You want to try to take 25 grams. That's okay. The only limitation there is your budget. Hyaluronic acid, tough to get. If uh, You have to consume brain for the most part, but getting it as a supplement is easy and relatively inexpensive, and the dose appears to be 120 milligrams, but that's based on skin evidence. So you can increase it. It's extremely benign. There's no harm in higher doses like 200 milligrams or even 500 milligrams. Phosphatidylserine is costly. And so I would opt for a lower dose, like 100 milligrams and perhaps no more than 300 milligrams. All those doses in between 100 and 300 have been shown to be efficacious for preservation of, of cognitive health and prevention of cognitive decline. Omega-3 fatty acids, we opt for a higher intake than advocated in dietary guidelines of 3,000 to 3,600 milligrams per day. And if you're concerned about cognitive impairment, weigh it more heavily in favor of DHA. And of course, lastly, the fermented foods that have such powerful effects that improve your metabolic health, reduce blood sugar, uh, reverse many of the gastrointestinal complaints that people have, like irritable bowel syndrome. And so including fermented foods many times per day in your diet is very helpful.
Now, if you learned something from this Defiant Health podcast, I invite you to subscribe through your favorite podcast directory, post a review, post a comment, and tell your friends. We're trying to build a movement of self-empowerment in health without the help of the healthcare system. Thanks for listening.